TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Hey, slow down. We're here. Hey, away we go. It is Scoop Podcast episode 251 on this Tuesday night, the 27th of August. The Scoop Podcast is brought to you by Hope Fieldhouse. I'll tell you all about Hope Fieldhouse in just a bit. I'm happy to be able to do a midweek podcast. Friday, we'll bring another podcast, but it'll be known as the Oxymoron, the best of. Correct. Yes, the best of Scoop Podcast coming your way Friday, first debuting on Score North. We have the Score North time slot, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. every Friday night with the boys going back to school next week right after Labor Day. I'm taking a few days off, so I'm able to knock one podcast out now, and Manny Hill will intro and outro some segments with the Friday podcast, going back, finding some conversations from over the summer, likely including Wolves owner Glenn Taylor reviewing their attempt to nab D'Angelo Russell and everything else that happened with the Wolves and didn't happen in early July. So look for the Best of Scoop podcast on Friday. But tonight will be, I'll have some notes, and it'll be a compilation of a bunch of conversations I've had in the last handful of days that I haven't used yet on the Scoop podcast. I caught up with Richard Patino and Peyton Willis at the State Fair. Earlier this week, I caught up with Kennedy Palomalu, the Vikings running backs coach, like a week, week and a half ago. He was solid on Dalvin Cook. I caught up with Larry DeVito, the Twins' groundskeeper, the other day. Target Field is hosting its second football game this weekend. A couple years ago, it was St. Thomas against St. John's. This Saturday, it'll be North Dakota State against Butler. Plus, I have a conversation with Gophers football recruit from DeLaSalle, Reed Travis's younger brother, Jalen Travis, a big-time offensive lineman. He's got a couple big-time college offers, including from the Gophers, and he's got some Ivy League offers As well. So we'll catch up with Jalen Travis. So, a bunch of conversations that I want to post here on Scoop Podcast episode 251. But let's start with notes. I brought up the Wolves because we'll replay that conversation with Glenn Taylor on Friday. The Wolves right now are in the Bahamas. Now, Ryan Saunders is due back in town. He's got an appearance at the State Fair on Friday. But this week, the Wolves, Gerson Rosas, Ryan Saunders, some other support staff members, and a bunch of players from Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley, Jake Lehman, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. I know that Jared Culver is in the Bahamas, Jalen Noel, Naz Reed. I might be leaving out a guy or two, but it's all about team bonding. This is something actually a lot of teams do, but not something we would have ever foreseen the Wolves doing the last couple of years. So when we talk about that popular buzzword, culture, now, hey, no guarantees it translates to on the court. It'll still take a minor miracle, in my opinion, for the Wolves to make the playoffs to be one of the top eight teams in the Western Conference. But when talking about team building, guys bonding, guys getting to know each other, this is a pretty good first step for the Wolves bonding this week. Not a bad place to be bonding in the Bahamas. Robert Covington is also there. I shared some comments from Gerson Rosas on my last podcast. Podcast episode. A reminder that Rosas told me at the State Fair before he headed to the Bahamas that he is open-minded to adding yet another guaranteed contract. And if it came down to it at the end of training camp, at the end of the preseason, if they had to eat a guaranteed contract or they have to make a trade, that he would do that, that he wants to create as much competition as possible. Remember, right now you can hold up to 20 guaranteed contracts, but when the season starts, you can only hold 15. So the Wolves are at 15 right now after they signed Jalen Noel a couple weeks ago, and recall that they gave Reed 
an NBA contract. They converted that two-way contract. Then they have now Martin and McLaughlin, their summer league stars, signed to two-way deals. So they have 15 guaranteed contracts. Tyrone Wallace, the former Clippers point guard, is actually contract 16. He has a partial guarantee, so the Wolves could cut him at the end of training camp and not have to eat a whole lot. He doesn't become guaranteed until mid-January, but he'll compete. I'm told, you know what, because I kicked this name around a couple episodes ago, but they have at least had some sort of dialogue with Ty Lawson. No guarantees at this point. I'm sure they've had dialogue with a number of free agents, but I know that Ty Lawson at the point guard position is one guy they've talked about bringing to training camp. Sean Livingston, clearly, if he wants to play, is the best free agent point guard remaining. Clearly, he can obviously play multiple positions as well. I mean, he can guard off guard. So if you want and they want this, guys that can play multiple positions, Sean Livingston, or at least some interest in Sean Livingston, would make some sense as well. I checked on some other free agents, guys like John Lohr, Nick Stauskas, Sam Decker, on Stauskas, on Decker, I'm told they are likely to be headed overseas. John Lohr is going to wait. He'll wait until training camp starts. Inevitably, some team will suffer some sort of injury at the four position, then John Lohr can sign with that team or some team that calls soon thereafter, after something happens during training camp. But right now, the phone hasn't been ringing for the pride of Orono High School, John Lohr. On the Twins, we heard the news about Byron Buxton earlier on Tuesday. On Sunday in his third at-bat, he felt something with his left shoulder, wasn't in the lineup on Monday, not in the lineup on Tuesday for Cedar Rapids, the low-A Colonels. And he is now rejoining the Twins in Chicago to get looked at. He did undergo an MRI On Tuesday sometime morning, early afternoon, it showed no structural damage, so that is good, but it looks like that Byron Buxton will not be back in the Twins lineup anytime real soon. Hopefully maybe in a handful of days, maybe a week-ish. I don't have an exact timetable, but the early idea was when he headed to Cedar Rapids on Sunday that he could rejoin the Twins as soon as Tuesday night in Chicago. Well, yeah, he's rejoining the Twins, but to be looked at by their medical personnel. So it'll still be a little time for Byron Buxton. Also on Eddie Rosario, I talked to him in the clubhouse on Friday. He certainly thought he would be back by now. Rocco Baldelli told us on Friday that Eddie was available off the bench with that hamstring, but hamstrings are tricky. So we'll have to wait and see when Eddie Rosario will be back in the Twins lineup. But no sense. This is a long-term injury. Maybe they retroactive and put him on the injured list, but there's no sense that Eddie Rosario is going to be out for any extended period of time. But I'll tell you, doing this long enough, hamstrings are about as tricky an injury as there is. It looks like Rochester, AAA Rochester, is not going to make the playoffs, so their season will come to an end early next week, and the Twins can call up some reinforcements. Maybe they do that even sooner, come this weekend, September 1st, when rosters can expand, so they are looking at guys like Ostadio. Clearly, Buxton will rejoin the Twins when he can. Jake Cave isn't going anywhere. You've got guys like Trevor Hildenberger, who's on the 40-man, who's been pitching well for AAA, so look for reinforcements. Certainly, Devin Smeltzer as well, and Lewis Thorpe, and Randy Dobnik. If you check my Twitter feed, I hope you do, because I certainly tweet out real-time scoops. I can't hold everything for when I can get in front of a microphone, which is few and far between, which is not as much as I would like to. I did tweet out Monday before the news broke, 24 hours before the news broke, that Randy Dobnik was rejoining the Twins. So that's another name. So when you look at guys on the 40-man, and I still foresee Bruce Dark Gratterall, he's a guy that needs to be added to the 40-man. The Twins do have an opening right now on their 40-man. The question is, do they try to create an extra opening or two? But I 
I do see Bruce Dargraderall joining the Twins bullpen at some point in September, maybe even as soon as early next week. What other notes do I have written down? Go for football as of Monday night. Had distributed 46,533 tickets for the opener on Thursday. The issue is... How many come through the turnstile? There were games last year where they distributed 45, 40,000 tickets, 38,000 tickets, yet the actual count of people in the stadium was closer to 17,000. But they do anticipate a pretty good crowd for the opener on Thursday night. Gophers against South Dakota State. And even if they come close to that, you know, even if they get 35 to 38 to 40,000 people in TCF Bank Stadium, the stadium should be rocking. It should be a fun year for the Gophers football team. Expectations all over the place. But me personally, having enough knowledge of what's going on over over there i would be shocked well maybe not shocked i would be surprised if they don't win at least seven i think they win at least eight maybe they end up winning more than that though this team is pretty good we we being the kstp channel 5 abc in the twin cities affiliate caught up with wild head coach bruce boudreau tuesday afternoon at the state fair he said that matt dumba is finishing up some training in florida he'll be back in the twin cities later this week all systems are a go matt dumba ready to go for training camp which actually starts two weeks from today. Two weeks from today is when Bruce said training camp starts. So all systems ago, Dumba is good to go. Bruce said he's had a number of conversations with Matt throughout the summer, and he said, hey, Matt is saying he is rearing to go. If anything, Bruce is going to have to rein Matt in, that Matt is going to want to go at 110%, that Bruce will have to rein him in, especially early in training camp. On Miko Koivu, we talked to Miko late last week at the Bill Guerin introductory news conference. Then we asked Bruce about Miko on Tuesday at the State Fair. Miko's been skating, skating pain-free. Signs point to Miko being ready to go in two weeks, but the medical staff may, like Dumba, have to rein him in a bit. It's only been about six and a half, what, about six and a half, maybe seven months, closer to six and a half since Miko Koivu underwent ACL reconstructive surgery, but the Wilds captain should be good to go by the time the season starts. Maybe he misses some practice time. They ease him into practice, into camp. Maybe he doesn't play every preseason game or every other preseason game, but he appears to be doing very well coming back from that torn ACL. He's over there at the TRIA practice rink rehabbing on a daily basis. All right, let me get some of these conversations out of the way that I've had the last couple weeks, I guess in no particular order. Let's start with Kennedy Palomalu. Vikings running backs coach. I was remiss. I did not ask him about Mike Boone. I think Mike Boone makes the team. I really do. I think he makes the team. I actually think Amir Abdullah makes the team as well. I was, it was one of those situations where after Vikings practice, it's a free for all. And for TV duty's sake, I need to grab as many interviews as I can. So I'd secured a one-on-one with Kennedy Palomalu, but I figured I better not go much beyond five or six minutes so I could grab a couple other guys. So I was remiss, though. I was mistaken to not ask him about Mike Boone because I'm telling you, I think Boone makes the team. Here is my conversation recently from Vikings training camp with Kennedy Palomalu. Coach, we were talking to Kevin Stefanski last week, and he was talking about Dalvin and saying the beauty of Dalvin is whether it was last year's scheme or this year's scheme. It really doesn't matter. That's how good he is. A, do you agree with that? And B, if so, I mean, just what does that speak to when it comes to how good Dalvin is? Yeah, and, you know, the, <laughs> he's pretty good. But the, the thing that, that we really like is, his, is just his work habits. Uh, the kid, uh, he works hard every day. Uh, good teammate. Uh, since he's been here with us, uh, everything has been on a plus. Uh, smart football IQ. Um, and he's just a, he's a leader, and uh, he loves to compete, and he loves to, to make plays, and that's what's fun. I mean, do you sense that maybe the way he goes is the way your offense will go this year? 
Uh, we have some weapons everywhere else. Uh, we don't want to just rely on one guy, but it's a team. Uh, he, he definitely helps because he's going to stretch the field. Uh, and and it, he's, he's, he's a touch away from checking that check down to a touchdown, an explosive play, handing the ball off. Uh, he's just a really explosive player. Uh, I just like the way he's been working. On the check down part of that equation, how far has he come when it comes to the passing game? A lot, because he works at it. He works at every part of his trade. Um, you know, when he finds uh, that he's not strong at a point, he'll, he'll, he'll stay around and, and work at it. And uh, that's a credit to him. What about blocking? I mean, I saw you getting into him a little bit today, but I mean, that's that's an evolution, right, for a lot of these running backs. That maybe the blocking is maybe the last part that, yeah. that gets completed. Yeah, it's not the want to because he does have the want to, and he wants to protect the quarterback. And, and the launch point is just got to keep repeating the technique. And every rusher is different. And but the number one thing is we we just got to get there and shut the door and, and not allow them. But if you put it on film, you put a weakness on film, and the whole all thirty, you know, thirty-one teams will watch, see it. So we want to be sharp every time that uh, we put our protection on film. On Madison, what stood out to you pre-draft and everything that you thought about him pre-draft? Has it come to fruition now that you've been working with him? Uh, just a very smart kid. Um, uh, intelligence is uh, in the work ethic, the humility. Um, and he has uh, he has some power with the pads on, and he, when he carries that ball, and with the uh, coach's uh, system that we have in play, he's uh, he's that kind of runner. He's that kind of running back that you can check the ball down to him, and he's strong with that wrestling background to, to hold up in the pass protection. Uh, just got to keep teaching him the patterns and uh, and knowing who he's going against. He made some people miss it, boys. I mean, have you seen some of that elusiveness? <laughs> well, that's that's college. I always tell them that's college. That stuff's out the window. These guys are pretty good at this level, and uh, you got to stack the stack the good runs over and over and be consistent. And then, you know, we don't want to we don't want to sit there and have a lot of negative runs. But uh, he, with Dalvin and 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 and, uh, and Alex, this has been a pretty good uh, camp of watching those guys slash through this system. On CJ. How does Ham fit into what you're trying to accomplish? And how do things change when, you know, Dalvin, for instance, is running behind, you know, when, when CJ's leading the way? Yeah, you, you always go back that some backs don't like a guy in front. And Dalvin, uh, like Coach Fonsky said, that Dalvin can run in a shotgun. He can run with the fullback. He can run with the – and that's a great luxury. And so is uh, Alex. So they can have a fullback in front of him. And the nice thing, having a fullback that's athletic and powerful as CJ, it, uh, it's, it's a comforting thing to in our room and the other thing with cj is i can put him in as a single back as well uh you know it's a protection he's strong he can catch the ball uh football iq is off the charts and uh and then on game day when you can only dress 45 uh it has that luxury to to to, to maybe uh have that extra body go to some other uh group when you have a guy like cj that can also come and play halfback on boone how much further along is he now compared to maybe this time last year uh, a lot a lot you know we protected him uh, a lot last year and didn't put him in a defined role for him and we're still going to have to do that it's not he's he's he's, he's still got a, a lot of work in, ahead of him uh, that uh, we can trust him and everything but we're going to utilize him in his strengths and uh and his strengths he's a good runner he's a good catching the football and uh he's strong anchor on the pass pro so every day he's getting better is amir Abdullah, I mean, is he almost forgotten? I mean, he was a high pick, you know, has the run in Detroit. Detroit parts ways with him, but he's almost forgotten, you know. I mean, we're sitting here talking about, you know, Madison and Dalvin and CJ, but Amir's got a lot of experience. 
Well, that's only in somewhere else. In, in our eternal, he's uh, done a very good job. Uh, Protection-wise, uh, he's proven. He's stepped up a couple times against our our defense, our first group, and has done a nice job in protection. He's a threat in the, in the open field and running the ball, and he understands our vertical cut game. So uh, uh, let the other people worry about it. But internally, he's done a nice job for us. Let you go after this. I mean, as we approach, you know, that opening game, week one against Atlanta, just over a month away or so, about a month away. I mean, what are goals? What what are things that you're working on with your group that, okay, we need to shore this up as we get closer to that Falcons game? I, I remind them all the time, you know, don't confuse the results. You know, stick with the process. Stick with your discipline. Stick with your fundamentals. Stick with your details. Stick with your consistency and, and execution. And uh, we call them our everyday drills. And you stick with that. Uh, don't worry about the results. Uh, people will tell you you had a great run or a great catch. No, just come back and work and work and work. And uh, by, by, by Atlanta, we'll be ready for the year. That was a conversation I had like 10, 11, 12 days ago with Vikings running backs coach Kennedy Palomalu. I did ask him about Mike Boone. It was only one question. It probably begged a follow-up or two. Sincere apologies. Sincere apologies for my memory going. That's what happens when you're approaching 40. I'll be 40 in January over the years, my memory just, it's not what it used to be. I don't know if it's from some of the fun I had in my late teenage years, into my early 20s, into my mid-20s, whatever it might be. I just don't have the same memory I once had. So yeah, I did ask him about Mike Boone. An update on Eddie Rosario as I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 27th of August. The Twins lineup has been posted. Eddie Rosario is back, so it's what I was talking about. There was never any sense that it was a long-term injury, just a little bit troubling that he didn't return to the lineup Saturday or Sunday, but then the off day Monday in Chicago, and now starting a series Tuesday night in Chicago, Eddie Rosario is back in the Twins lineup. All right, let's segue now to Larry DeVito, Twins groundskeeper. I caught up with him at Target Field a few days ago, heading into this weekend's North Dakota State Butler football game there at Target Field, the second ever football game at Target Field. St. John St. Thomas played a football game there, a Mayak game, a couple years ago. Here's my conversation with... Larry DeVito. Larry, not your first football rodeo. I guess, what did you learn from 17 from the St. John St. Thomas game as as we approach August 31st here? We kind of knew going in you had to have good weather, and we did that game, so it worked out pretty good. That's still the biggest uh, challenge is, is what's the weather like day before the game and day of the game. All right, well, let's say, okay, so let's fast forward a couple weeks. It's Saturday, August 31st. What if it rains that day, maybe rains the day before? How much does that complicate things for you? It does. It increases our labor quite a bit. We have two full field tarps, so we will tarp the entire football field. So we'll be tarping the left field grass as well as the infield and managing that. But when you get to about you know noon on a for a three o'clock Saturday game, you get to about noon and you, know, you got to get the tarps put away and and let things run their course. So we'll manage it leading up to around noon on on game day. What's different this time around? I mean, like I think about back in September of seventeen. You know, that game was like on the 23rd of September. You guys had three home games thereafter. It was like a four or five day gap. It was like a Saturday game. And then you guys, twins, had a game on that Friday. Okay, same deal here. I think it's a Saturday game on the 31st. Next home game is that next Friday. But then you think about all the other games in September. Plus, the hope is that at least one, if not multiple, home playoff games. So how does how does that change things for you? Well, one thing we, we were a little challenged by a couple of years ago was the purple in the St. Thomas logo wasn't growing out. So if we had won that wild card game in New York, we were going to rip out that logo and resod that. Um, and it took about a month to grow out. 
that was kind of a problem. So the North Dakota State logo is green, yellow, and white, and those are pretty favorable colors. So we're going to see what happens and how that goes. Um, you know, rebuilding the pitcher's mound is probably the number one priority, and we've got a, uh, the materials and the staff to do that. And it, you can, you know, build a good quality high school mound in a couple of days, but it will take three days to do it and, and really focus on that. Then the rest of it's really uh, the, probably the left fielder for the left fielder and where the, the core of the football is played in the center of the field. And what about the removal of the mound? So you're talking about rebuilding the mound. What's that process like, the removal of the mound? We'll put some, some drivable flooring across the infield grass and drive a mini excavator out there and, and some small golf carts and wheelbarrows and just hack at it and haul it off. I mean, is it all exciting for you or are you like Dave, you know, Dave St. Peter, Dave, like do we need to have another football game here? Uh, this one, uh, uh, we'll see how this one goes. I mean, the, the last one made a lot of sense for the community, and, and it was a great event. And this one, though, I mean, heck, just about the whole city of Fargo is going to be down here. So, I mean, they're expecting a lot of people. So it should be pretty exciting. I, I think so. I think we'd be disappointed if it's less than 35,000 people. So I, I think it should be a huge crowd. Do you need to resod? I mean, what, what's that process like? Okay, so game ends on the 31st. Just take us through. You, you went through some of it, the rebuilding of the mound and all that. But, like, take us through September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. You guys are back here, like, on the 5th or the 6th. And then just even thereafter, September 15th, September 20th, what are those next few weeks like? Well, one benefit to football versus a concert is you can evaluate the damage right away. Uh, when pulling up a stage after a concert, we've been fooled before. And, and in that you think, well, that might come back in a few days, and then it doesn't. And then, you know, you're, you're kind of shifting your path in terms of how to repair it. I think, you know, an hour after a football game, I'll be able to evaluate what, you know, what needs to be resodded and, and what will grow back. So. And, but there's an expectation that some areas will, I mean, presumably have to be resodded, just a matter of how much. You know, it's interesting, the, the, the worst area we had for St. Thomas was an area where the defensive backs warmed up, and they just, just pounded it cutting and pivoting and all that the game itself went pretty good of course we had great weather that week so it'll depend on on the weather on game day and also these are much bigger guys than st thomas and st john's too what's i mean how many days does it take like that last home game i mean does that process start instantly of of the changing over from baseball to football i mean is it like you know within hours well with with us not having a a concert the last few weeks uh you know being able to not have the field covered it's in better shape than it, than it would have been. We've actually been, been working on things this week in advance in terms of just putting extra sand out in the outfield. Uh, it's kind of buffer the the roots of the grass a little bit and just in terms of what, what my nutrient levels are at and uh, the, the different kind of micronutrients that I'm beefing up and other the nitrogen that I'm scaling back just to make the plant a little sturdier for the game. So that process has already started. And then, okay, so game ends, I mean, is it just nonstop? So, like, game ends at 6.30 on the 31st. Are you guys, like, instantly, like, even that night doing a bunch of work to get ready for that next Friday Twins game? The work that night is, is just basic and raw. Just We may take the goalposts out just to get that done, you know. Just get some things out of the way and just be in an evaluation process that night and get right to work the next morning. What do you need to work with? I mean, are there folks from the NCAA, specifically North Dakota State, just to make sure that the field is is good to go? The North Dakota State Athletics Department, you know, they'll they can pass anything on to the NCAA. But we've we've done a number of walkthroughs of the facility just to see what they need. So, and what do they? I mean, take us through one of those walkthroughs. What are those walkthroughs like? Well, on my end, um, the interior facilities, I don't get involved in that too much, or the locker rooms. But on my end, you know, 
wall padding in front of our dugout, you know, uh, beefing up the wall padding in, in that corner of the end zone up the first baseline with a, with a thicker pad since it's so close to the back of the end zone, uh, just making sure the safety's there for the players. Do you like the overall idea of, you know, baseball, stadiums, ballparks being used for, for football? I mean, whether it's Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, heck, Wrigley Field. Didn't Wrigley host a, a football game not that long ago? It really makes no sense in my view, but <laughs> not my decision. Uh, you know, there's a number of other venues in town, but we'll, we'll, we'll sell the place out and hopefully we'll, we'll have a great day. The relatively early forecast for Saturday afternoon here in the Twin Cities is pretty encouraging. It doesn't look like it's going to rain on Saturday. Larry DeVito, Twins groundskeeper on converting from a baseball field to a football field for North Dakota State and Butler. He talked about it in the interview. The expectation is about 35,000 people will be at that game. Mostly North Dakota State fans, I'm sure. I'm sure Butler will have some fans, but a ton of people from Fargo and the surrounding area are expected down. I'm sure you'll see downtown this weekend if you're downtown this weekend. Just a sea of green and yellow and white north dakota state bison fans about to invade the twin cities let's keep the football theme going i was over at de la salle football practice the other day jalen travis is the youngest of the travis brothers i was talking to coach he said there's enough seniors back including you that expectations are pretty high it's a tough section but would you agree with coach that expectations for this year are pretty high yeah absolutely we're returning a lot of seniors um especially on the line so we're looking for the line to carry our basically our team all the way um we're pretty solid up front I'm just looking to basically just pound the rock this year. Okay, so, I mean, you know, you have to mix in a pass here and there, but you feel good because of the way you guys can road grade, that that line can can carve out enough holes for for the running backs? Exactly. Um, Most definitely on first and second down, we're looking to just pound the rock. Um, On third down, it's going to be mainly our passing down. Um, So that's what we're looking for because, obviously, we have a great quarterback in James Farr who can throw the ball, let it go. Um, So, yeah, I mean, mainly we're going to be pounding the ball um, behind our strong line this year. You're at left tackle. Coach said you're not playing any defense. Are you okay with that? I mean, you know, there's some depth there, Coach. That he doesn't need you playing both sides. Are you comfortable just playing offense and not helping out on defense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm confident in our D line um, that they're going to step up and make whatever's necessary um, to get the job done. Um, but if needed, injury comes down or whatever, I'll be more than happy to step in and help out. Take us through your summer. I mean, you've gone to some camps, right? I mean, you know, what's what's the summer been like and you know, I guess just everything ramping up with, with the start of training camp here a couple of weeks ago. And the next thing you know, a week from today, you guys will open the season. Yeah, the summer's been busy. Um, been going to a couple camps. I uh, went to the Minnesota camp, that mega camp, and I went out um, east to the um, Harvard camp. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this summer's been wild as far as training and getting ready for the season. Um, going to be like one of my breakout years this year. Um, so I've just been training all year, two days every day, um, just to get ready for this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for next week's game against Simley. Um, just looking forward to just dominate. So. How much have you worked on your body? I mean, are you stronger, faster? I mean, you're still growing. I mean, just, I guess, from a body standpoint, how much different are you now compared to maybe even this time last year? Yeah, so around this time last year, or even at the end of the season last year, I was about 260 pounds. Um, right now, I gained about 30 pounds, so I'm up about 290 right now. So this summer has just been building mass, building strength, and, and working on my footwork a lot more, especially on O-line. is very important, working on your footwork in the right steps so you don't get beat. Um, so that's basically my summer. That's my main focus um, was this summer with basically footwork and strength um, going into the senior year. And are you still even looking to put on some muscle? I mean, are you looking to get over 300 as, as you get to the next level? 
yeah, most definitely um, looking at talking to coaches, almost definitely at these universities that are recruiting me. Um, they're seeing me most definitely at that 310, 315 range for the position I play. Um, and, yeah, obviously getting a lot more strength and being able to move at that weight is big. Those coaches, do they look at you strictly as a left tackle or some coaches looking at you as maybe a right tackle too? Um, we haven't really had the conversation yet. I know a lot of coaches are recruiting me as left tackle and they attend me to play left tackle, especially in the 2020 recruiting class. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at right now. And then, I guess in terms of recruiting, like, okay, so Minnesota, Harvard in terms of camps, and I know you have the Gophers offer, but uh, just take us through. I mean, how many, how many schools have offered you? I have about, I want to say, six offers right now on the table. Um, and, I mean, obviously I'm probably going to cut that list. And with the next one, two weeks here, I'm probably making a decision towards the end of our football season. Um, just feel like when I'm comfortable to maybe take a couple game day visits. I'm not sure where, though. Um, but, yeah, just kind of finalize that list. So um, come the end of the season, I know where I want to go. So, okay, so Minnesota, though, and who else then has offered you? Minnesota and who else? We have Minnesota, Iowa State, University of Northern Iowa, Indiana State, Yale, and Princeton all have offers on the table right now for me. I mean, so it's a wide range of if you want to play Big Ten football or Big 12 football, Minnesota, Iowa State. But if you're all about getting one heck of an education, you've got some options as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I'm not going to sit here and make a decision right now, but historically my family has gone the Ivy League route. Um, but I'm not necessarily sure if I want to go that route yet because um, football has been a big part of my life. Um, I obviously want to chase it to its end, um, whether that means playing the NFL or I just want to be in the best position, um, whatever school is going to let me chase that dream. Um, so obviously, I mean, you have Minnesota, Iowa State, uh, two very big-time football programs. Um, so they're, they're still on the table as far as which one is going to help me get to that next level. What's your relationship like with P.J. Fleck? I mean, I know how relentless he is on the recruiting front. What's it been like developing a relationship with Coach Fleck? Yeah, obviously, Coach Fleck, is, he's a great guy. He's been great to me and my family. Um, I mean, we've been over there about five, six times already on unofficial visits, whether that be to practice or just to visit um, in person. But, yeah, he's been great. Uh, he texts me every morning um, letting me know. I mean, we want you here. We want you here. Just letting me know what's going around the program and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, I can't. No, I'm saying enough about him, but yeah, really great. And do you have a relationship with any of the other 2020 kids that I guess specifically have committed to the U, whether it's, you know, there's a young man at Orono or there's one at Anoka. I mean, there's a handful of guys locally that, that will be Gophers next year. Yeah, um, I don't have necessarily too strong a relationship with them, um, but we, we've talked before most definitely. Um, I know Danny, the DN at Orno, um, we compete against each other all the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, most definitely I know about them. I've talked to them before. Um, and most definitely I just like to hear their insight on why they did that um, to kind of strengthen my beliefs about whether I want to commit to the U or go somewhere else. Is Princeton in the mix? Did I see that you took an unofficial visit to Princeton? Yes, I did take an unofficial visit to Princeton um, late June. Um, but, yeah, so they're most definitely in the mix. I talk to the coaches on a regular basis. Um, they really want me out for official, so we just have to figure out the time frame, whether that will work or not, um, most definitely. So. so it's Princeton, it's Yale, and Harvard. I mean, all three Ivy League schools want you? Um, so Harvard hasn't officially offered you yet, um, but Princeton and Yale have. Um, they're, they're recruiting me very hard right now at the moment. Um, but, yeah, so those two are basically the main ones right now on the table for me. Just to review, so the timeline is at the end of the football season. So, like, sometime in November, hopefully you guys are playing in the prep bowl, and maybe it's, like, late November after Thanksgiving. But that's the timeline of, of when you hope to commit somewhere? Yeah, most definitely. I would, I would hope to commit before Thanksgiving, um, whether that be early November or mid-November. Um, but we'll just see how that works out with my time frame. Um, maybe if I'm just feeling real strong about a school, um, I'll commit whenever I feel like during the football season coming up. 
Are you still going to play basketball? I know how good you are in basketball, but once you commit to a football school and decide to go the football route, will you still play basketball this year? That's the plan. Um, I know I've talked to a lot of schools about that, um, whether they like that or not. Um, and a lot of schools are I positive feedback about playing basketball, meaning like they like my athleticism, how it continues to develop through basketball. My footwork also plays a role in that, um, too. That's why I contribute a lot of my footwork and football to basketball. Um, but, yeah, I'll continue to play basketball throughout because essentially that was my first love. Um, that's big time in my family. So I'm, I'm going to ride that out through senior year and just looking forward to a great season. Is it interesting, though, with the family dynamic? I mean, you know, I, hey, I remember how good of a quarterback Reed was, but he didn't play his senior year yeah. football because basketball was was so prevalent. I mean, what's that dynamic like within within the Travis family of, of you going the football route when older brothers went the basketball route? Yeah, it's a little interesting. Um, I know it was a little bit of a conversation in my house, um, knowing that both my brothers ended up going to high major Division One programs um, and stuff like that. But I knew, like, I wanted to be different, um, so I ended up falling in football, falling in love with football. Do so coming into ninth grade, I knew this was the route I wanted to take. Um, so I sat down and had a conversation with my parents about last year. It was like, Mom and Dad, football's for me. Um, so. That's where we are today. I mean, like, I'm just riding this football wave. I wish I had that gift of gab entering my senior year of high school. Jalen Travis, DeLaSalle offensive lineman. I need to do a better job of listening, too. <laughs> Tried to develop my listening skills over the years, but he had mentioned in the conversation that Princeton had offered, and then a couple questions later I asked him, hey, has Princeton offered you? I saw that you took an unofficial visit there, <laughs> and he had already said that Princeton had offered. I think I was mixing up Princeton and Harvard. So Harvard has not offered him yet, but they do have some interest. So he's got some Ivy League options for sure. He's got a Big 12 option, a Big 10 option. Pretty good spot to be in for Jalen Travis. An update on Byron Buxton. Got an update on Byron Buxton. While I was playing back that Jalen Travis conversation, it's his left shoulder again. We know that. It just It's not to the point of it being strong enough for him to perform during games. The Twins do believe he will be back at some point this season, but he needs to strengthen up that left shoulder. So there is no definitive timetable. Maybe it's just a handful of days. Maybe it's a couple weeks. Maybe he needs to go down to four Myers. Then to get some rehab at bats, that's a little up in the air. But the Twins do believe that this is not a season-ending injury for Byron Buxton. Just unfortunate when we thought a few days ago that he could be back in the Twins lineup as soon as Tuesday night. Obviously, that's not happening. He won't be back in the Twins lineup anytime super soon. But the belief is he will be back before the season is over. All right, let's now transition to a couple conversations I had at the State Fair earlier this week. One with Richard Patino of the Gophers and the other with Peyton Willis of the Gophers. But first, let me tell you about Hope Fieldhouse. Our athletes with disabilities are not being given the opportunities they deserve. But thankfully, Hope Fieldhouse is doing something about that. The Hope Fieldhouse Athletic Facility here in the Twin Cities will make sure everyone has a place to play. But first, we need... Your help. They need our help. Please donate to the development of our athletes with disabilities with a tax-deductible donation at hopefieldhouse.org. Hopefieldhouse.org. I'm telling you, this is a much-needed project. You'll be helping a great cause, and any donation of $50 or more gives you a chance to meet Vikings fullback and Hope Fieldhouse supporter C.J. Ham. C.J. Ham is going to be a pretty big part of the Vikings offense this year. So you merely donate $50, hopefully it's more than that, but merely $50, and you'll have a chance to spend some one-on-one time, some bonding time with C.J. Ham of the Vikings. The website, again, is hopefieldhouse.com. 
Gophers.org. Briefly on Gophers running back Shannon Brooks. The Gophers two deeps came out on Tuesday afternoon. No Shannon Brooks, which is not a surprise. He hasn't done much beyond individual drills. Remember, he messed up his knee latter part of last year in that Illinois game, that Illinois debacle, that Illinois loss. So you think about the three-headed monster at running back with Rodney Smith, Mo Abraham, and Shannon Brooks. The third head of that monster, Shannon, is more like a mid-season addition, maybe slightly before then, but not anytime super soon. But it's not like the Gophers need any help at running back. They are pretty loaded, especially at the running back position, but really across the board on offense. One question mark at left tackle with Sam Schluter, but he does have game experience. Also a tight end, Brevin Spanford, I think will make an impact. I think more so middle of the year. Don't sleep on Paulson. Paulson is the starter right now at tight end. I've heard good things about him throughout training camp, and we know all about the receivers they have. Yeah, there are question marks about Tanner Morgan, but he did play pretty well down the stretch when the Gophers won three of their final four games last year. All right, let me now get to my conversations, brief conversations I had at the State Fair earlier this week with Gophers head coach Richard Patino and junior guard Peyton Willis. Going back to your high school days, your days at Providence, I mean, on your on your scale of doing like idiotic things, where does coming to the fair today rank? Yeah, it's similar to those days. I, I remember like I was looking outside like, are we still doing this? I didn't get a text to cancel it. Um, but you know what, honestly, I'm happy to be out here. You know, at least a silver lining. The crowds are down a little bit, so it's a little bit easier to get in, but we're all soaking wet. Looked like, based on social media, you got a little vacation time with the family last week. Is the state fair, in many ways, sort of the signal of, okay, things really ramp up right now? 100%. Once the state fair hits, we know that football game is on Thursday. We got recruits coming in. Then the next week, Labor Day hits, and then, you know, we get to go back down the road. So it's a huge time for us. Um, we don't get as many weekends because you're in Minnesota and it can get cold towards the later part of October. So every weekend is very, very important. Uh, It's important to get kids on campus for those football weekends uh, as well. So uh, we're excited about Thursday, um, you know, rooting on the football team. We're excited to get these guys back on campus and get started. You like where recruiting is? I mean, I know there's a bunch of guys coming on Thursday. I do, yeah. I mean, we don't need a lot. Um, We're a pretty young team right now. So, you know, we've got two scholarships available, I believe, and uh, we'll look at adding the right pieces. So, you know, be patient, be smart with our approach, evaluate properly, and see if we can build off of what we have on this team right now. Everybody come back down from the high of, of the Italy trip? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of them yet. I mean, I kind of intentionally leave them alone. Um, I think it's very, very important for us all to get away. You know, even practices – um, in the summertime are not the same as what they're going to be like in the fall. And I don't want them to be that way. I don't want them to get burnt out. Uh, we get a long, long way to go until the season starts. We've got a good base in. Um, now we can really ramp it up. Had a chance to talk to Peyton. He was your MVP over in Italy? You know, I mean, if I had to name one, I was more trying to entertain people for the blog purposes. But I think what he did, I think he had 17 turnovers, or 17 assisted two turnovers. That's huge. Um, that's part of winning in this league is you know, not turning the ball over, not fouling, being efficient. Uh, he was that, you know, but there was other guys were good. But, you know, the, the games, listen, a lot of those teams are grabbing people from different towns. Uh, it's very hot in the gym. We don't know anything about the opponents. Everybody's playing equally. So it's not conducive to a normal game, but it was still good for us to do. Nice to experiment, though. I mean, he even said he played some point guard. That's what I did more than anything is, is I experimented. Uh, I tinker with some things. Um, you know, and, and he was one of them, just gave it a look. Uh, but still, 
I don't know if I could take a lot from those games because I was subbing so much, which I'm not always going to do. I appreciate Richard Pitino's time on Monday at the State Fair during a downpour. It was coming down pretty good on Monday afternoon at the State Fairgrounds. I'll transition to Peyton Willis in just a second, but of local guys, I know Ben Carlson will be at the game on an unofficial visit on Thursday. Kerwin Walton as well. Stephen Kroll looks like he may end up either, if he's not at the game Thursday, he may target the weekend of September 21st to take an official visit to the Gophers, the big man from Eastview. I think the Gophers are well positioned to land him, and I was checking with some other local players that are up in the air. Every local player has been invited. Chet Holmgren, Jalen Suggs, Prince of Leg Bay, go up and down the list. I mean, just about everybody. Dawson Garcia, a lot of guys have been invited. Some guys decide to go or not go last second, but I did text with Ben Carlson on Tuesday. I know for sure he'll be taking an unofficial visit there on Thursday. All right, let me now get to Peyton Willis. Transfer from Vanderbilt. Good chance he is one of the starting five for the Gophers come November. Just take us through now that you went to Italy and you came back and Coach Patino said that you're the MVP. How does that make you feel? It was cool. Um, it was more about the experience over in Italy or rather than playing um, as much. But uh, I'll take it for what it's worth and I'll just keep working. And, I mean, a lot of team bonding. I mean, I guess off the court. I mean, it was a very, very productive trip. Um, of course, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, a lot of players probably won't ever make it back over there to Italy, so it was great to uh, be over there bonding and uh, messing with the team. How much are you just itching to play after having to sit out last year? Like, how much How much are you just looking forward to early November in that first game? Yeah, I get chills thinking about it. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, I'll probably start a day countdown soon in my room for uh, the first game. I mean, is it one of those deals where, yeah, I mean, you said it, you, you have a countdown calendar, whatever it might be, where you're just itching to go, that November just can't get here soon enough? Yeah, it feels like it's been forever since last March 2018, I think, the last time I played. So, yeah, it's for sure. Um, I'm getting the itch thinking about it now. Take us through the kind of player you are. I mean, we've had a chance to watch a practice here or there. We saw one of the games over in Italy, but a lot of us just don't know the kind of player you are. Describe the kind of player you are. Um, I think I'm a good all-around player. Um, I can shoot it pretty well. Uh, I can play, make, and finish at the rim, uh, as well as play defense. So I feel like I'm an all-around uh, combo guard. And, I mean, a little bit of position flexibility, too, especially in Patino's offense, where you can play the two or the three. Um, yeah, Coach was just talking about it on the uh, stage a minute ago. Uh, I played three positions in Italy, so our offense is a little bit more flexible, and we're just uh, there's more guys that can play multiple positions this year. What was the third position, the four, or did you play a little one? Point. Point, point guard. I mean, I wasn't sure, depending on some lineups, if you could play a little stretch four, but you do. You have the ability to play a little point guard? Yes, sir. I mean, does that go back even to Vandy or go back to your AAU days, high school days? Um, during my two years at Vandy, point guard was my main position, so. Are you curious to see how things shake out as we as we get into the heart of training camp here in a handful of weeks? Whether, you know, like right now, to me, the starting lineup is probably Marcus, Gabe, you, Alihan, Ino Oturu. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of competition for, for playing time. Yeah, I'm excited to see, uh, or I'm excited to compete more than see how things shake out. But, um, yeah, I'm just ready to get back to work with uh, over the fall. How much different is this team compared to last year? I mean, I'm thinking about Amir gone, certainly Jordan gone, and other guys gone. It's a lot of change. It's a completely new team. Yeah, uh, those guys along with Dupree McBrayer who have been here three or four years, so it's a uh, totally different team. we got seven new guys who will be playing this year. Um, it'll be super different. Richard Pitino entering year seven with a completely, not completely, but very much 
a new team. And he said it. He's only got a couple open scholarships now. It's almost inevitable that somebody is going to leave. Like last year, it was who? Jelly. It was Isaiah Washington. It just seems like it's inevitable after every season, somebody decides to transfer. So maybe he ends up with three scholarships. But so many good players here in the state of Minnesota in the class of 2020, also the class of 2021 and 2022. And it would be nice if guys want to come here. Now, that's always been an issue, or it's been an issue with many guys. But if guys want to come here, hopefully Richard Patino can find room for them. All right, we are done. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Scoop Podcast. Please support Hope Fieldhouse, hopefieldhouse.org, if you can. I always appreciate you listening. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 251. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show, and you definitely got tickets. And drinks. Now hurry and make it back to your spot. Pass this person and that person about 20 more. Ooh, watch out for feet. Hey. Just keep going. A little further. Oh, there's your friend. Over here. Right where you want to be. Close enough to see the set list. And they're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.